Hello and welcome to the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And uh, episode four, I guess, not five. You know, sometimes people make mistakes and we start editing the wrong show notes. Yeah, well, I started the show notes for five a little too early, I guess. Hey, um, it was there, so I was going to work on it. I was trying to be, you know, productive. And you were going to work on show notes? I was, I was trying. That'd be a first. That's a, I, I appreciate it. That was a first. It was, literally, it was. Yeah. And last. And yeah. last now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's get right into it. Let's get to our Strava stats of the week. Stats. Uh, well, off week for me, I kind of had some personal stuff going on. I was in the middle of, I thought, buying a house, and that didn't quite work out. So we'll see next week. But that kind of threw off my entire week because I took some time off and didn't take time off, and I took... You know, I had to go do a signing and do all this stuff, so I didn't get any riding in. Uh, I ended up getting one ride on, uh, what was it, Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. I did, uh, so my stats are 37 miles and 900 feet of climbing, basically. But uh, enough about me, dude. What'd you do? Dude, I mean, you can talk about yourself. That's all right. Nothing to talk about. I did one <laughs> ride. I mean, it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to hear the excuses. Yeah. Um, last week, 161 miles, uh, 5,400 feet of climbing. Yeah, pretty, not bad. Not pretty, bad. Pretty normal week for you. Basically. Yeah, I'm trying to get 150 to two is going to be my goal unless it's like a super climbing week or you know whatever True. something comes up. But that's going to be my normal goal. Yeah. So I think you know going into our ride of the week, like you know I don't have one. I just had the one ride, but it was a good one. I ended up doing a group ride. There's a, a little shop here called Shade Tree or as we call it, Braid Tree, because our buddy loves their mechanics and just can't stop raving about them. Uh, so we just call it Braid Tree. And yeah, we went on the group ride there. I've, I've been to their shop once for a group ride, and it had been a couple years, and I certainly performed a lot better than the first time. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is the first time in a little bit that we have the same ride of the week. I also did that group ride. Yeah. A, a different group, but you know, I, sure, I did it. Sure. I did the group ride. Yeah, I did the B group, which, you know, like we had talked about, that's pretty much my my strength right now is, is there. I'm not strong enough to be in the A group yet, which I found out on that ride also. But I knew that, right? It's it's something I'm working towards. I want to be in the A group by the end of the year, and I think I'll definitely be there by summer. But um, it was a good ride for me. It, you know, it was up and through a little bit of, like, Paradise Valley area, and so they have a little bit of climbing and, you know, a little bit of uh, mostly flats, but there's some slight... Um, Punch, there's punchy stuff in there. Uh, you know, the B group didn't handle it. <laughs> oh. Well, I w you know, I was, you know, like to give you a hard time, but I was on the tail end of the A group for a good majority until we got to the uphill. Then, then I can take those out. But sure. I probably spent too much energy because at the very end, one, I, I missed a turn, but I also was getting blown <laughs> out of the group. So. I, I did. See I cruised home turn. solo. So. That was pretty great. Like so, there was a spot where what, the A group was waiting for a guy to repair a tube, and then uh, the B group ended up passing them, and then they caught back up to us, and then the group kind of it was like a couple miles back from the shop, so kind of got a little confusing about whose group was where, and they kind of some of the B group kind of joined the A group, and so I was like, well, we're only a mile or two, it can't be that bad, and so I tried jumping on, and I just made that decision too late. And so I had to fight to get to the A group, and then I was too burnt out trying to catch them. And so I was just doing this yo-yo-y back and forth, like lowering my heart rate, attacking to get back up, and not quite getting there. And like it was just, I eventually get, made the decision to just not try and just get back to the shop. But there was a moment where I knew they were going to cross this bridge, and I hung back just a little bit just to make sure I was right. And 
I saw this guy in a white jersey kind of like missed the bridge, and I was like, dude, I bet that's Aaron, man. And it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'd never finished a ride with them before, so I, I didn't know where any of these turns were. Yeah. Um, well, the first time we did it, you know, we had never really done a group ride before. Like, we had done, like, a few small, like, mini, like, not races, but just, like, mass starts where we kind of just... Yeah, know, it's a different different style. This, yeah. I wouldn't say it's, like, a crit, but it, it's more of that style where it's a lot faster, it's tighter, and it was kind of one thing still that I'm trying to work on is just positioning in there because a lot of times I was kind of getting squeezed out of when we take some tight corners and and I wasn't familiar with the route so I was also hanging back slightly because I didn't know where we were going Um, but I think that would help because I was also burning a lot of extra energy trying to get back in that same way you were talking about getting back on the A group you know to stay with them you know if I'm getting kind of spit to the back or almost the last person, you know, out of every tight turn, you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I thought it was a good ride. I wouldn't mind going and back there again. I think the guys that I was with in the B group were pretty nice and they were helpful and kind of waited, you know, for they had meetup points where they would let people catch back up, you know, and so uh, that was me for for one of the sections. The first section, they really hit it. I, I wasn't expecting it and it was a climb and my poor form really showed at that moment. But after that, I was pretty good. But um, same thing, like just getting comfortable being in a, a larger group. Usually it's you and me, and I can ride pretty close, and I can see around and stuff. But when I'm five or six people back, I can't quite see the road. And so, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable, not sure if there's going to be stuff in the road and not reacting quick enough. So um, it's a little bit of, a, of just adjustment on my part. But uh, everyone was nice. I definitely can see, like, if I ride with them again and I feel more comfortable, like, they'll probably let me kind of pull and kind of work on that and building up my form and building up towards the A group. I, in my progression, I feel, is, like, if I'm going to join an A group, I'm going to be spending some time pulling on a B group and building up that strength to get to the A group. Oh, yeah. And definitely. I, you know, I, I enjoy, like, pulling anyway. Dude, super domestic over here. I, I just enjoy it. Rough roads, know. bad weather, wind. Right in the front, dude. I hate all of it. <laughs> yeah, which I guess kind of brings us to like our news of the week. Big news story is Karyanka retires, right? He had some cardiac issues the last year or so, and he kind of just eventually threw in the towel as doctors advised him to stop riding. And so I guess I, he's kind of a, a spirit animal for me because like I enjoy just being on the front. You know, if I could have the form, I would like to pull more often. I just enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy like, you know, getting a free coast as well, but... I don't know, I just, I just have a domestic mind, I guess. I enjoy pulling and putting in a hard work and kind of making people suffer, I guess. So uh, it's sad to see him retire. He was great to watch. And I, I just watching him on the tour with his shirt unzipped and you could see his you know, heart band and he's just crushing everybody, like, was cool to watch. Yeah, and I feel like maybe it was, maybe the whole time, but it seemed like a little more towards the end that he thinned up a little bit. He and- did. And he was doing that on, you know, low-level climbs, you know, under 5 6%. And he would just pull in the train up, up these climbs forever. Yeah. Super impressive. Oh, he was great to watch. I mean, I remember he was, like, world champion for time trialing. And then, like, the next year, like, he was on Team Sky. And then he was just, like, everywhere. Like, I feel like I didn't, you know. I thought he won that one on Sky. I don't know where he was before Sky. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. 
I don't know. I didn't look at his stats, obviously, in his team. I've only known him on, on sure. Sky, so. I remember him hitting it big on Team Sky and, like, really taking off, right? It's kind of like Kiwakowski or something. You know, he really hit it hard with them and... and Wasn't he world champion when he was on Quickstep, though? Uh, Kiwakowski? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, he <laughs> became a bigger writer on I Team know, Sky. I know. I'm just... I mean, you're like, oh, he didn't do any... Just world champion, you know? Well, well that does, I mean, everyone can do that. Oh. I mean, Valverde did it at, like, 100. I mean... He's a special breed. It's the ice cream. Different breed, man. But yeah, so it's kind of sad to see him retire, but it happens to all the greats. And Team Sky's train hasn't been the same since he kind of fluttered off the last year or two. I remember the first year he didn't come to the tour. I thought that was just a shock. Yeah, I mean, something must have been going on for that to be the case. You know, since we're talking about Sky, anti-doping. They're big into that. Yeah. No, but the Dutch Anti-Doping Authority said they're uncomfortable, in quotes, with uh, Jumbo Visma's use of ketones. Dude, ketones are... What, what was it? Uh, who said that? Sepp Kuss or something? Said they taste like gin and tonic. <laughs> I've always <laughs> heard they taste terrible. I didn't hear that quote. Well, yeah, gin and tonics taste terrible. I love a gin and tonic. I know. I, I feel know. like it's the healthy drink. Like, I'm having tonic. I'm getting... Bubbly? Refreshed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get that. If you're, it's something you can buy on Amazon or their website. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I don't personally have a problem with ketones. I mean, there's a push lately in fitness in general to be more ketogenic and, you know, ditch the carbs. And it's really hard as a um, endurance athlete, but there are some triathletes in stuff that have transitioned well and performed better or at least the same. So, um, yeah, to me, it's just. A diet enhancement or a supplement is the way I would look at it more than some kind of unfair advantage doping. I guess the only possible unfair advantage is if people can't afford them, but I'm sure the company would discount them or sponsor you know, a team if, oh, if it came down to it. I don't think a team can't afford you know, that. They're not cheap, though. It's like no, 30 bucks a serving. So Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't think it's an issue either. I, I mean, their biggest concern is it's untested and they don't know the long-term effects, which is, you know, a reasonable thing. But, I mean, ketones have been... Your body makes them naturally, so it's like, you know, it's one of those things. But, you know, my stance on doping is pretty loose. You know, like, I never understood blood doping and why that's a problem. You're just putting your own blood back in. Like, you know, EPO and steroids and testosterone and stuff, like, completely get it. But dude, It's like an altitude camp without the work. Yeah, just... exactly. Well, they do it at altitude anyway to get well, yeah, their blood I mean. cells up, and yeah. then they just take it out. They're just recapturing the essence of altitude camp on you know, the night before a big round stage. Can they recapture the essence of the Tour of Roman after the cancellation? Yeah. You, you think they can, they can bring that back at a later time? I think they are going to bring the Tour of Roman back, dude. So the rumor is they're going to reschedule it maybe in early March. I don't know where they're going to fit it, though, because the schedule is just always so full. Well, Classics is about to start then, so this is a tune-up race. I don't know who's going to show up. Not Darrow Empey. He doesn't show up to any races. Oh. He was, you know, he was there for a bit. Yeah. Well, Tour of Oman, that was like, they have like one, what, Green Mountain or something? They have like the one mountain stage? Yeah, I don't know if that's Green Mountain or which one's like the Hotta Dam. I, 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 I don't know if that's... I always get them mixed up. yeah. I forgot what the other tour was. But. I'm not as familiar with the early season races as I should. Like, for me, cycling always started at the Classic. So, like, I'm very loose on the, the Tour of Ramon and some of the other ones in that area. 
Yeah, I, I Mostly think... Mostly sprinters, really, it seems. It's a, it's pretty flat, so I think it's... Like I said, it's a tune-up race. I mean, Tom Booney would always go. Yep. That's what you got to do to win. Yeah. Well, the there was a lot of races finishing up or starting or, you know, going on this week, and so the first one, just a real quick note, was the uh, continuation in Australia. They had the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. That's a mouthful. I saw the, uh, they abbreviated it as KEGOR. I'm like, I can't remember what that even stands for. Keg? Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. Well, yeah, Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. I never knew that was a real race. Like, I thought it was just like a, Another, a Fondo or something. Because it, it, it had his name in it. So I always yeah. thought it was a Fondo. I didn't know it was an actual legitimate race. It's like the Schwabley Classic, dude. It's the first race of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, quick step, they won that race. So I just expect them to keep winning everything. I don't see them slowing down. I really don't. Like, they're just so well-oiled that they're just going to keep winning. And uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name at one. Dries Devenins. There you go. This is what I have you for, dude. This is what I pay you yeah. for. Uh, so he, what, it was a few guys. I didn't get to see the race. It's not here. You know, so there's only highlights and just text updates. So, you know, a group of them kind of attacked on a climb, and then a few of them got away on the descent and kind of pulled to the finish, and it was him and, what, Sigakov, and he out-sprinted him, which isn't really necessarily a surprise, I suppose. Oh, he's a different style of rider, so it, yeah. it makes sense. Everyone at Quickstep, I think, just to be on the team, you have to have a little bit of a sprint. Yeah. You know, because I think you have to be a domestique and pull in the wind. So that's like their like minimum to be Strong rider. Yeah. So s- strong flats. So... Uh, the next race, we had the finish, uh, you know, the rest of the stages. You know, last week we had seen the first two stages of the Vuelta a San Juan, and now we got to watch the rest. So, you know, just a quick recap. Um, stage three was a time trial. Strong rider. A strong from Quickstep. A strong rider from Quickstep 1. Who, who would have thunk? Nobody. I always thought his name was Evanpool. I didn't know it was Evanpool. Yeah, they say it wrong pretty often. Yeah, maybe that's where I got it from. But yeah, so Evanpool 1... Uh, I mean, not a ton of really strong riders there, so it was sort of expected that he would podium, but he just demolished everybody. Yeah, I mean, Filippo Ghana looked excellent in the time trial as well. Wasn't suited to him as much just because of the climb at the end. Um, but still, I don't think anybody was going to touch him no matter there's some... I don't know, complaints, but, or, you know, whatever you want to call it about the wind towards the end, because it was really strong, and I think it was much lighter earlier on when, yeah, but when you, he went. You can't control that, right? I know, I'm but just... But it is unfortunate for the people who raced last, like McNulty, that he ended up getting less fair conditions, so to speak, weather-wise, but... Less I mean, optimal, or... Yeah, you know. well, I mean fair as in, like, fair weather, not in, like, you know, you know, whatever, being unfair or whatever just like the weather so he had worse weather and so he had to you know you i read an interview with him where he was just like that's just how it is you know and you can't complain about it what no one cares so um so far mcnulty like his attitude seems just perfect i I really am enjoying seeing him kind of come into his own but yeah he finished in fifth really strong he was like what one second out of fourth or whatever yeah um but yeah he he had a really good time trial as well and it's you know, it's a, obviously McNulty is a storyline that we're very interested in following this season. So it was nice to see him kind of start the season really strong and have a strong performance overall. 
I'll say too, you know, splitting their uh, goals down there. As we look at stage four, where Gaviria took another sprint finish, he's on the same team. So you're splitting a, a sprint train with guys helping out McNulty. So it's not always easy to balance both of those, but clearly they're they're doing that well. And I think if they can stick on that, kind of how quick step it's all about team players. If they're doing the same thing for each other throughout the season, they have a really good team. Yeah. Uh, so I could see a lot coming from them from a lot of different guys. Well, I feel like the youth group that they kind of have being built at UAE is really kind of taken to each other, and they really have this camaraderie attitude, right? I mean, even McNulty had mentioned before in an interview I read where, you know, there's a couple guys that he knows on the team, right? Or people he knew from other you know, competitor teams, you know, yeah. like pro-continental and continental when he came up. So I'd have to think Bjerg just because they were sure, that's, that's an right one. at the, you know, junior time trials and everything together and mm-hmm. one and two a lot. Um, so being, you know, competitors, they were right in the same bracket. They probably got to know each other a little bit. And sure, yeah. Uh, but real quick, we talked about Gaviria winning stage four. Uh, dude, his beard is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier to pick them out of the Peloton now, which I like. I always like it when they have something obvious that I can pick them out. Uh, it's always, sometimes it's a little tough, but I think his beard's looking pretty good. It's almost, I wonder if it's going to cause a sensation, sort of like... Beards are back? No, the... Um, it was the beard. Was it Simon Geshka? Yeah, but you also had, like, Lawrence Tindem, who we talked about, you know, last week. He had one for a while. Uh, but no, I was going to get to uh, leg gate. With Sagan needed to shave his oh. legs for a couple months. So I wonder if Gaviria, you know, he's a sprinter. He needs to be as arrow as he can. And that, that Nobody drag. says anything when you're winning. Yeah. and Well, he <laughs> is winning. So he won, what, stage one, two? I can't remember which. And then he won stage four. Um, Spoiler. Stage seven. <laughs> well, yeah. He, he is just, the. I think he was the only sprinter that came to the Peloton San Juan. That's what it looked like, man. That guy <laughs> won everything. Uh, so stage five. Was the climb, right? This Alto, Colorado. Uh, what did you think of the stage? We were talking about a little bit, not hard enough. Yeah. That, that I, the gradient on that, I would say, is barely like comparable to our South Mountain over here. It's, I think, average, what, 4% or something that it worked out to be. There was, you know, spots of six. Yeah. But it's perfect for a guy like Venipole or McNulty or where you are strong climbers up to a certain point, but also great at time trialing and mm-hmm. it suited them really well. Yeah. Well, the only, the real big thing of that stage was the um, wind, right? They created an echelon and the Venipole was in the back. He was in the wrong half, which is surprising, right? Because That's Quickstep is team. always known for breaking it up in the wind. And, and it's not something, it's not the first time they've been caught out right it happens to them too but they're definitely usually on the the giving end of that right they're usually the ones that are causing the, the echelon so it was a little surprising but it was a chance to see a Venipool in action and he was doing a lot of the pulling like he had his teammates and they had well, Oscar Sevilla had some guys there too from Medellin so he had some help but he was on the front a lot doing a lot of work yeah he was not being a slouch at all and taking that into his own hands uh, and it was you just see him pulling back, pulling back. You know, when you start, no chance. And then he's out there and doing a good majority of the work. Then he gets to the front group, 
and is working there and trying to drop people as well. McNulty yeah. did try to get away. Uh, things came back together again. Again, that's because the the slope gradient just wasn't steep enough. And the other issue is like it was very consistent. You know, it was just a straight climb the whole way. There wasn't any dips really, but it was just a straight road, and you can see everyone in front of you. So you can really dose your effort when there's not corners and you don't know where they are exactly. Like when you can just see them the whole time, you know exactly how much effort you need to dose. Yeah, and when you're looking at them and you can clearly see if you're making ground, it, it's yeah. a really nice incentive there. If they're around a corner, you have no idea. Yeah, I don't know who would thrive on like seeing someone ahead of them and you know, using them as a target. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be weird. Dude. A little rabbit's chase. Yeah. You know, to works. be fair, I've been working on that myself. If I see somebody ahead, I've been kind of attacking and like using them as a target. It does help kind of put you in that extra red zone to kind of really put in a strong a strong effort. Well, and I think it's kind of a interval without being an interval that, that you have to do, you know, rigid training. But it becomes that where you, you throw in a sprint or you throw in a, a hard effort to, yeah. to close that gap. So I, I think it's good overall, but... But yeah, in the end, it was a pretty straightforward stage, and at the end, it's, it rose a little bit to, like, what, 6%, and so you did see, like, Avenipal lose a little bit of time, and Ghana kind of, you know, there was, you know, ended up being won by Miguel Flores, right, um, who everyone is suspecting will be on a world tour team here pretty soon. I was going to say, I don't, if you look up where he, where he rides, I don't I'm not going to look, I don't have, I don't, I'm not going to look it up, dude. All right, all right, we'll skip that. I have to get off of my chair to go to the laptop. That's a lot of work. Too much for this podcast. Stage six? That one was cool. I love the finish of that. Yeah. Just visually? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, so the finish of this stage was on um, a motor raceway, right? So if you've ever seen the Tour of Utah, some of us apparently haven't seen the Tour of Utah, they usually would do the time trial on the Larry Miller uh, raceway, right? So... Um, it's cool I don't to see. Know how I miss that all the time. I, I watch it. That was the and, and the year they actually had a sprint finish, uh, very similar finish to today. The stage six stage was um, the Latvian Tom Skunes attacked and won the stage. It was pretty cool. And like uh, that one had some ups and downs, and so it was like really hot, and you could see the glare coming off the road, and like it was a pretty cool stage. Uh, but similar thing happened here. It, you know, it ended on the. It, I think it started on the raceway. And then it ended on the raceway, right? But, yeah. So they came back onto the raceway, and, and at the time, I had no idea where the stage was ending, and I was just like, oh, sweet. Like, I always like raceway endings. Like, it's a little confusing because they're taking all these banked corners, and they're in the stripes, and it's like, you just don't know where anyone is, and so it's kind of weird. And the roads are super wide, and the tarmac is just super nice and like flat, so it's really good speed, and they were just hitting it hard. And then Steve Barr's like, all right, I'm going to go attack. Yeah, seeing him do that and pull away from from the lead-out trains, basically, was crazy. They were going so fast then, and I think maybe it just caused that momentary confusion where the lead-out guys are looking back and their sprinters aren't there, and they were like, well, do I go? Do we go? Like, I don't know what how to close this. And he just pulls away, just super strong form. Yeah, I honestly didn't think he'd make it, right? When you see these sort of last-minute attacks, uh, they look really strong, and they're getting this big gap, and you think they can get there, and the peloton always brings them in, you know? And I thought the same thing was going to happen. And so when you turn that last corner, and you saw the gap, 
you were like, oh, no, he did it. And, like, you know, it was just cool to watch. Yeah, I would say I don't know if, you know, he's been doing some cyclocross races that I've watched, and he hasn't been doing much in there, but they must be doing something for his training because yeah. he's, he's coming in looking good, and, and it seems to be he'd raced and I think was cross champion at some mm -hmm. point. Yeah. So it's not out of his wheelhouse, but there's more and more guys and they talk about that as a thing of, of a better winner training rather than just training miles. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Steve Barr had that really good breakout season when he kind of like Van Art and Vanderpool, when they came in from cyclocross, like he was the world champion and he decided to go to road and he kind of had a really good season. And so you know, he's kind of been stuck in more of a domestique role on, on Quickstep, and he's tried to do those attacks and just never quite got there. And so I thought it was nice to see him get a victory, and I hope he can win a classic this year. Yeah. I, I like the <laughs> bar. Like, there's, just, there's just too much Quickstep of everything I is understand. the only problem. I, but, like, at least they win with a little bit of style. Yeah. I mean, they can be tough when they're grinding you to a halt in the classics because they have six dudes in the in the front group and then one attacks and everyone just sits. Well, back. and then there's six great guys. You're just like, oh yeah, they've already won a ton. It is tough, but they at least try to make it exciting. So I'll give them that. Speaking of winning a ton, Kaviri, dude, that guy taking out another sprint. I had no idea he won the stage. Oh, you didn't? No. Uh, <laughs> so oh, you should have uh, looked for the beard. That's how you recognize oh, him now. Oh, you look at the beard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I get lost in all the confetti. I, st I just still love all the confetti, dude. <laughs> like, I want the Tour de France to have confetti. Is that too much? I mean, they can replace that annoying smoke, so that, that'll dude, probably be better. They just had confetti instead. Little confetti guns. You know, like, you know those little poppers, but just like a large one, and they're just blowing confetti. I feel like that if you do enough of it, and you're in the sprint or something, maybe after the finish line, because I feel like your wheel would skid around and yeah, lose traction. Yeah, I get kind of worried about that, too. Or, like, the worst confetti cuts ooh like right in your fingers like oh that's the worst what if you don't have your glasses on just straight to the eyeballs I know but yeah Gaviria just cleaned it up again that guy looked really good this race I'll, I'll be honest oh yeah he is fired up well because I think the last the last time they rode this he didn't do very well and his last last year wasn't all that great either yeah he had a pretty big off year and like he is coming back right now he is in the, the driver's seat for sprinting. Uh, you know, we haven't seen too much other competition. You know, Caleb Ewan looked pretty dominating in and the Div Tour Down Under. So. Viviani crashed, so I think he was off from that. And we've seen Sam Bennett a little bit. He, he took a stage, and um, I'm trying to think of who else kind of top sprint. We haven't, I don't think Ackerman's done the Mallorca Challenge. Yeah. Um, Have we seen Sagan sprint yet? I don't think he's a sprinter. <laughs> We're talking about pure sprinters here. Oh, okay. Oh. We don't need to talk about him at all until he starts winning. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're like, so we're not talking about no, him. No, we're not going to talk about him. Do you think he'll win the uh, Milan San Remo this year? Oh, God. <laughs> I hope just, just for him that he does. That's true. I really do wish him well, but it is fun to talk shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gavia looks really good. I'm excited to see. I mean, he could even have a chance of winning this, the Milan San Remo anyway, since we're talking about it. Sprinter's Classic. Well, there is a little bit of climbing, right? But it is definitely the Sprinter's Classic, and I think he has potential to win that this year. Uh, so it'll be... Uh, I'm looking forward to the Classics starting for sure. I'm pretty amped up. Getting on to a, another Pro Classics to be writer here. Cross Worlds. We'll 
briefly touch on that just because yeah, there it's was a world the, championship. The world championships were there this weekend for cyclocross and, you know, a lot of the expected riders won in the other races and I didn't get a chance to watch those. I just had a time to watch the men's race on Sunday uh, and, well, it was not really worth watching. Well, I was like, you had time because you only needed to watch like the first like six minutes. Yeah, even that much? I think the first <laughs> I don't know. 40 seconds. Well, I mean, he was always going to be in the front, but yeah. pretty quickly pulled away from the, the group, and obviously Vanderpool easily won that. Dude, his finish line, like, <laughs> Canyon, like, look at my bike, was pretty funny. Like, yeah. I liked it. And then I got the email from Canyon, like, the next day of him doing it. You're like, that's me. That's That could be me that one day. Me. Dude, his shoes were so caked in mud. Like, he oh. looked like he had mud shoes on. Like, it was pretty crazy. But, I mean, awesome. Awesome display from him. He looked really good, and it bodes well for his uh, classic season. And so it's. I'd like to see him win some classics. I'll t I'll take him winning if Sagan can't. That's fair. You're jumping chain. You're jumping. No, no, no. Train. I'm just he's a likable rider that you can get behind. Like yeah, he. I'd rather is. him than a GVA or Michael Matthews. Cavendish. Just to name two randos. Cavendish just is never random. gonna win a classic. He did win with Lance and Remo. He's not going to win out like a cobbled class. No, not at all. He's done winning anyway, but um, he'll win like the equivalent of like the Perry Tours or something after the Tour de France or like, you know, where they have the Oh, the ones that, yeah. Like they already have a winner like sketched in. That's like the wrestling of event. Of I just love, event. well, one to talk shit about Cavendish, but where he would just shit all over Tour of Turkey and then he's just like, I don't compete in crap races. And then he goes to the Tour of Turkey, I think, last year or the year before, and is getting, like, blown out of the group. I think Sam Bennett had won, like, four stages or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't remember him ever saying that, I guess. He, well, he didn't say about Tour of Turkey specifically, but he was just like, I don't ride, like, lower-level lower lower races. That seems, I mean, that seems like something he would say. So. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, yeah, now you're here and you're getting blown out, so. Yeah, well, we're getting so close to the Classics season. And I'm pretty stoked. I know this year we were kind of talking about, you know, we did last year, we did a, a internal competition between you and me and another buddy of the Grand Tours. And we picked winners every stage and, you know, a podium is points, right? So first place gets three, second place gets two, and third place gets one. And whoever gets the most points, you know, we've got a prize. And so I wanted to step it up this year and I wanted to do a classics jersey. Would be awesome. Still got to do that. But the at the very minimum, I want to do a classic season like competition. So, Dude, we should make just a little cobbled trophy. Maybe you could take something from the old house here. Yeah, some of my paver stones. I don't know, maybe. And just kind of chip it a just little bit. Just one little one, yeah. Oh, you know what? If I uh, It'll be like a memento from that and here, dual purpose. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, Lay I'm it on me, man. So I'm getting married this year, right? Uh, and I think we're going to Italy. I'm just gonna steal a pave stone from there <laughs> and put it in my bag. <laughs> oh man, I hope that works out to be. I think like uh, Hawaii, where you just get terrible bad luck if you don't steal one of the volcano rocks. Sure. Yeah. I hope no, it's like that. I think it will be. But I'm gonna try to steal a pave stone from Europe, or I'll just you can probably buy one on like eBay or something. Maybe. I don't know. You gotta get your own. So anyway, I gotta work on that. I just think it'd be really fun. I always like had this thought where like. You know, if we grow our audience, we could have them participate, but that would be a lot of logistical work for me, so probably not going to happen. But I, I mean, at some point, it. we could ship it out. 
Yeah, you just farm it out to one of your viewers to do. Like, hey, can someone take care of this for us? Oh, I meant, you know, shipping it out to them, but you know, oh, you're going to ask of them. I need to ask them to take care of the... <laughs> you like, do it the, all. The, the statistical analysis work. Yeah, just cut out this part, because you're not going to want to be a long-term where you're going to have to do things. Anyway, point of the story is, I'm super excited for a classic season. Classics is going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm super stoked. It's the best time of year. All right, well, upcoming, real quick, I think we have Jayco Sun Herald Tour. I think that's starts, uh, what is it, Tuesday night? All right. Uh, our time. And then I do know that, uh, what, the, the first year of the Saudi Tour? It's a lower race, but it's um, some uphill finishes and some other stuff, so... Cool. I haven't delved into too much of what's in that, but it's it's a new race this year, so that's this week. Right. I don't know of any other races. But Columbia starts this week or next week? I think Columbia starts this week as well. This weekend. So it'll be right. interesting. It's going to be another, another cycling-filled uh, week, so we'll uh, see you next week. All right. See you.